Hey everyone, it's Mark. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to give a very special thank you to the official sponsor of the Think Differently podcast, Littlefoot Coffee. Um, I love great coffee and I love helping small businesses grow and that's exactly what Littlefoot Coffee and I are trying to do. Help me help them grow. Uh, the co-founders, Rosie and Alex, are just the most amazing people in the world. They have a true passion for coffee and they hand roast and hand package each bag of coffee, ship it all over the world if you need it. So so please, let's help Littlefoot Coffee grow. If you head over to littlefootcoffee.com, use promo code MARK, M-A-R-C, you'll save some money on your order, and you'll also help a small business grow. Now, I know I say this every week, but they don't tell me what to say. Like, I just freestyle that off the top of my head because I love this coffee company. Right now, they got a really, really cool uh, winter blend. It's called Winter's Monster, and it comes with a really cool sticker for free. So it's just... I don't know. I love small businesses. I love people that have great ideas, follow their passions, and bring those passions to life. And that's what Littlefoot Coffee is doing. So head on over to littlefootcoffee.com. Use promo code MARK, M-A-R-C. Grab yourself some coffee. Buy a bag for a neighbor. Make the world a better place and share some good coffee. And be sure to tell them Mark sent you. The other thing about Littlefoot Coffee is that they're bringing their ideas to life. They're following their passion. And that's exactly what this week's guest is all about. So I, I, I just need to stop talking right now. I need to let you listen to this week's episode of the Think Differently podcast. From Chicago, Illinois, this is Think Differently, a show that explores people who are challenging the status quo and how they do their work and choose to live their life. From doctors and designers to entrepreneurs and artists, hear the stories, learn the insights, and see what it takes to think differently. Hey everyone, it's Mark and welcome to this week's episode of the Think Differently podcast. I am super excited to share with you this week's guest because I've known her since high school. We, we, we met in high school, we've kind of been friends ever since and it has been so cool to watch Kelly Rizzo's career grow. See, she has very distinct passions. She loves great food, she loves great music and she loves to travel and so she has built her own brand, her own empire if you will, called Eat Travel Rock and I love stories about people like this that Stay true to what they love. Stay true to who they are. There, there's great stories about her family in here as well. And it's so cool to watch this dream come to life. It's funny because she, uh, in the podcast, she said that as a kid, her friends behind her back would call her Kellywood because they knew one day she'd be in Hollywood. And, and she is. She's a Chicagoan, but she's living in L.A. And that in high school, she was actually voted the biggest slacker. But now she is the hardest working slacker in show business. And so this episode just has just a lot of goodness in it. It's great to talk to people to share their stories of true genuine passions that come to life with big ideas so i hope you enjoy this week's episode of the think Differently podcast with our guest kelly rizzo hey what's up kelly hi mark <laughs> before we got I on so i did the thing happy to see you you have no idea I did the thing where I was like, let me see you. Let me see you. I was like, like an old Jewish grandmother. I haven't seen you for so long. Uh, I see you online all the time. Uh, and you, it just, it really makes me happy to see you. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you because you have always been a person. Um, there's an old song, you, you bang to the beat of a different drum. You, you do what Kelly Rizzo wants to do. Kelly does what <laughs> Kelly wants to do. 
Ooh, makes me sound so defiant and rebellious. I like that. <laughs> well, I, I again, so for context, we we grew up together. We met in high school. Um, and so, you know, we hung out. I knew you all through high school um, and, and we've just been connected ever since. And I've really watched, I was talking to somebody. I was like, oh, Kelly's going to be on the podcast. And they were like, man, like she was like influencer before influencing was even a thing, man. Like you've been doing your thing for a long time. You know what? I actually want to ask you, what do you mean by that? Because, you know, I've actually, you're the first person that's maybe told me that's known me since way back when. I mean, obviously, you know, my best friends always joke about certain things that, you know, I was, I, I found out recently that all throughout our twenties, they had a nickname for me called Kellywood, like kind of <laughs> like a take on like Hollywood. And like, I found out that all my friends were calling me that behind my back for years. And I never knew it. And I was like, that's, that's weird. Like, so you saying that like from high school thinking I, you know, marched to the beat of my own drummer, like, like, I want to know what you mean by that. Cause that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. So for context, what I mean is I think that the, the Kelly Rizzo that I knew from high school is still the Kelly Rizzo I know today. You're into the same things, like Thank your you. your things. So like, well, one, like your your persona, your brand, Eat, Travel, Rock. You have always been about good food. You've always traveled. You've always been about rock music and loving live music. And that's never changed. So when right. I say influence, well, one, when I say influence, I think it's got to be genuine and authentic. And I think that you are. And then the second part is that I remember like, you know, social media used to not even be called like social media. It was just like you had, you know, MySpace or Facebook or whatever it was, but you, you've always from the jump, I think like you always had like a following that was a genuine following that like knew you and knew what you were into. And so like, when I would see you post about like a band, I'd be like, I don't know who that band is. And I would like, I would go Google that band. So to me that that's what I mean. Like when I say like influence. Well, Thank you. That means a lot coming from you because I think you are one of the most like genuine, authentic people and you have stayed the same and very consistent in terms of your authenticity since high school. Um, and to be, let's let everyone know, I was 14 and you were 16 when we met. So I was a freshman and you were a junior um, and we actually lived close by each other too. So yeah, kind of in the same neighborhood. And uh, so yeah, coming from you, that means a lot because it's nowadays it's so easy to take a different path or try to take a path that other people are on and maybe isn't the right fit for you but because it's what everyone else is doing you're like oh well that must be the cool thing to do so I'm just going to do that and so it's almost more uncomfortable to like remain in your own lane and be authentic mm. and pave your own way because it's it's uh not the path of the least resistance, you know, like you look a little different, you might stand out, people are going to be like, Oh, what's she doing over there? That's kind of different, because it's not what everyone else is doing. So, yeah. you know, I yeah, think 100%. That, thanks for saying that, because it's, um, it's something that I strive for. And I probably I, I'm guessing will be the ultimate kind of theme of what we chat about is kind of authenticity and why it's important and how to remain true to yourself in this crazy new world that we live in a hundred percent and that's exactly what i meant around you being genuine being authentic being the influencer before there were, was you know influence if you will um mm -hmm. i think that when i think about you you know it's so it's so weird because like we know each other right like i'm getting goosebumps right now Aww. i have goosebumps because like 
um, because I know you, right? Yeah. And, and although we don't talk every day and there'll be times over the last few years, I'll send you a message like, hey, how did you do this? Like, I want to do this yeah. and you've done it. Like, you're like, oh, here, here's what I, here's just like what I did. And with you, right. what's so cool is that there's, there's no like smoke and mirrors. Like, I feel that like you, like, again, eat, travel, rock. That's what you're into. That's what your job is. That's what your brand is. That's what you do. Like, this is the shit that you're into. But one thing that's really cool to me is that you are a family person. And I think that as I start to try to deconstruct how you got to where you are and where you're going and all the things that you've done, like that does not come from a place of instability. You have to have a good foundation in who you are in order to bring that to the masses. And so I want to like kind of go back a little bit because I know you are like, you are a family person. And I know, again, you, you're out on the, the, you know, you're out on the West Coast now. Most of the clan is kind of back here in the Midwest. Talk to me just about like, what was it like when you started kind of coming out of college, getting ready to do some of the stuff? I know you spent some time in real estate, right? Obviously your family supports you in that, but like, what was it like when you started to make this move more on your own? Were, were your mom and dad kind of like supportive? Like, what was that like? Cause again, I know they are like real estate people. They would, they would jump in front of a bus for you. But as a parent, if my kid's like, Hey, I'm going to do something that nobody's ever really done before in our family. I'd be like, I support you, but be careful. Yeah. So what's that like? Right. Well, that's, it's a very good question because, and I've never actually heard it phrased in that way. Like from a family perspective, people ask like, how'd you get into this? But uh, coming from the family perspective and, you know, was there resistance or not? Um, But yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I started doing real estate still while I was in college when I was 20. Um, I got, so technically, I mean, I'm not really active anymore, but I mean, I was mm-hmm. practicing real estate for 17, 18 years um, and worked with my family, had a family business that, you know, had its ups and downs with the markets, but overall was a very solid, you know, living. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was married, got divorced. And when I went through all that, I just kind of wanted like a reinvention and I got really burnt out on real estate. And I said, you know, what can I do? That's like my passion. Like, what am I passionate about? What do I want to do? What do I want to share? And this was like right in the, this was maybe 2011. So it was right when blogs were just like starting to become a thing. You know, there was no really social, I mean, there's Facebook, but no Instagram yet or anything like that. There was no right. like influencer wasn't a thing yet. Um, but I just wanted to start a blog and I'm like, well, what do I like? I'm like, what am I, what do I know about? What can I talk about that, you know, with authority in a sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, food, travel, music. And so I went on like uh, GoDaddy and bought like travelrock.com And like, that's <laughs> just how it started. And, you know, it was kind of a sideline thing in the beginning. Um, but, you know, I started interviewing some bands and like interviewing, um, you know, a lot of like country artists. Cause I was also into country a lot at the right. time. And um, it started kind of picking up steam and my parents were, I mean, my mom was just thrilled. Like she loved it because I mean, you know, my mom and she was always, you know, so glamorous and she always had, uh, she had a career before real estate and, you know, she was a model for years. She was a broadcaster. She was a spokes model. She was like the national spokesperson for Lincoln Mercury and Cadillac and traveled around the country doing all the auto shows. So like in her mind, it was kind of like following in her footsteps a little bit, you oh, know, doing right. on camera stuff. A lot of the, you know, when I started being on TV a lot and doing things, whether it was like on, um, 
you know, local news or anything like that. Like she just loved it. She was, you know, she's like, can I coach you? Can I, you know, she like wanted to be the momager. And uh, my dad at first was like, you know, come on, let's get back to real estate, like family, family business. I need your help. Like you're not leaving the family business type of thing. You know, no one, no one gets out. And uh, <laughs> the family. Yeah. Santo was like not having it. He was, <laughs> you know, like he, he thought it was cool. Some of the things I was doing, but he didn't take it too seriously. Um, and then when I started doing it more and more and real estate less and less, there was maybe more excitement from my mom and a little bit more even resistance from my dad. Mm. Um, and then when it got to the point where I kind of dropped real estate altogether and then I, you know, I met Bob and then I moved to LA. Um, then I think at that point he was like, okay, I think this is really happening here. Like, uh, you know, this isn't yeah. just a phase, like she's doing this. And at this point now, Eat Travel Rock, the brand, you know, after six, seven years or so was a full-time job. And um, then I would notice, you know, all of my TV appearances, you know, my dad was like, my mom's like, oh, you know, your dad was showing all his friends. He was always showing your, <laughs> you know, like, so like everything I would do, then my dad, I found out he was like really kind of behind the scenes, very proud and always showing his friends and sending them all yeah. the links and you know, I come home and I see on his iPad, he has like a whole like Kelly folder that has like all of my like videos and stuff, you know, so he's very proud now. He still does the whole like, come back to real estate thing. I'm like, Dad, I don't even live there. Like, what do you like? Okay, I'll just it just can't move happen, away from right? my husband and come back home. And, you know, so uh, yeah, but it's, there was an evolution for sure. My mom was always totally team eat travel rock and then my dad yeah. was a little reluctant but he's he's come around so well what's interesting is that like for folks that don't know kelly rizzo is a hustler she's a grinder there's yeah. like like you've always i've always known you you know whether it was getting to a place or going somewhere like you always you always had a guy you always had a place to go or you knew you had an in like you you had like that network in you but then like getting in front of the camera like building brand like that was nothing to my knowledge i don't think you had like the background in it it was more like you said like you had this passion of like what am i passionate about what do i want to do with it and then it kind of seems like it just started like you had kind of said it nonchalantly like oh, I started interviewing bands and it's like, you can't just start, like, I can't just go <laughs> to like Joe's on Weech or wherever it's like, you can't just go. You have to like have some sort of a plan. Was this like just all you? Like, did you, in those early days, was it just yeah. you? Like, hey, I can, I can call somebody and get in and bring a camera and make it happen. Was it like that? Y yeah. And yeah, you're, you're right. That does sound kind of funny. Um, when you think about it, I think what happened was I'd always, because I was out in the scene, you know, a lot in the mm -hmm. music scene, you know, I knew a lot of people in the music world. I knew a lot of, you know, restaurant bar owners, things like that. And so, as you mentioned, Joe's on weed, that was the perfect example because I knew the owners mm -hmm. and I knew a lot of people in the country music world, um, just from going to Nashville and just kind of being in that scene. Um, so when I said, I want to start interviewing bands and country artists. I called the owner of Joe's. I pitched this idea of, Hey, let me be your like backstage reporter. And they had a film crew and we just like made it happen. And, um, but before that, I think it stemmed from a little 
thing that my dad had always put in my head is, you know, don't take no for an answer. And like, you can do whatever you want. Like if you can, you know, what is it? If you can believe and conceive, you can achieve like that type Mm -hmm. of thing. So it was just like, to me, there was never a, like, this is what I want to do. So I'm just going to do it. There was never a, what if somebody doesn't like me or what if somebody says no? And, you know, I'm like, okay, if that person says no, then I'll go to this person. If that person says Mm -hmm. no, then I'll go to this person. Like there was never like, this isn't going to happen. It's like, when's it going to happen? Like, it's going to happen. I'm just going to make it happen. And there was nobody helping me. There was nobody like guiding me. It was like, I'm just going to figure it out and I'll do what I need to do to make it happen. So, okay. So this is really cool because this is, you know, I I think one is like, I uh, a thousand percent celebrate again, that, that idea of uh, it's not a matter of, you know, if it's a matter of when, right. This thing is going to happen and not many people have that, you know, it's how, and it's how and when. Right. And, and, and it's weird because not everybody has that, right? I always say for some people getting the cubicle at the corporate office complex where you've got your own direct line and, you know, like the little comfy chair, like you've, you've made it and that's all they need in life. And we need people like that. And they're a million percent valuable, but there's this, there's other people out there. There's different species of humans that have this thing within them that need to do the thing that they want to do, that passion brings purpose. And so now that you've, and again, I, I just got off a call with somebody who was like, Hey, I'm still on my journey. Even though people think this person is like the person in their field. He's like, I'm just on a journey. And so you're on a journey, but for many people, they would look at you and say, man, she made it. She's doing it. She did it. It's a thing. Like it's there. So like now you're at this point in life where like, for like the, the young Kelly Rizzo that's in high school now, and now they've got, they're probably, you know, Actually, in all actuality, the young Kelly Rizzo now probably has like 20,000 followers on TikTok right now. And, you know, like that, that, so they got a little easier, I think, than us in getting some exposure. But are you, are you in a place now where you're helping others do this? Because you have like a whole company now. You have Eat Travel Rock Productions that is doing a whole production line of, you know, video and media for the, the food and beverage industry, I believe. So you're like, built this new thing and now you're bringing people on. So what's it like to like come from a place where you just, you, you willed it and dreamt it and built it with your own sweat equity. And now you have this bigger thing and are bringing people with you. What's it like to like bring those people along with you? Well, first I'll address like the first part of what you said is you never really feel like you made it. You know what I mean? Like no matter, I mean, I'm sure maybe like Tom Hanks is like, okay, I made it. But I mean, there's, (laughs) you know, like for instance, like Bob, he's been on this journey for 40 years and, um, you know, he's 64 and he's accomplished incredible things. And he still feels like he's like, Nope, still working towards it. There's still goals. And, you know, I haven't met all the goals yet. And I don't care if I'm 80, 90, I'm going to get to those goals. Like, so there's Mm -hmm. no, there, like most people, I don't think ever really have a sense of I'm exactly where I want to be. Um, and yes, I mean, even a few years ago, if you would have been like, oh, did you think you would have accomplished this? I probably would have been like, oh, wow, I, I did that. Like future me did that. Like, wow, th- that's great. But still at this point, um, you know, I'm nowhere near in terms of, you know, oh, I've made it. I can just relax now and be like, oh, mm-hmm. like, look at those accomplishments. So that's not a, at all how I feel. Um, however, uh, it is nice to be able to, um, especially during these times during a pandemic when now I've started, you know, I was 
I guess, mildly bold when I'm like, I'm going to start a company in a pandemic, you know, in the middle <laughs> of uh, 2020, let's start a production company that, that works with restaurants because they're all open and doing great. Right. <laughs> they're all doing great right now. Um, but I will say it has been very well received and to be able to have a, like a crew that is still mainly Chicago based, um, and be able to give them work when a lot of people in that industry are struggling and not working to be able to, you know, give them projects and, you know, help pay their bills, mm -hmm. um, has been very rewarding, even though it's only been a short time, but that's something that I'm excited for going forward is to keep building this and growing this and then having a bigger, even production team in LA and Chicago that, um, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm really kind of helping the restaurant industry, give them something or not just restaurants, but, you know, food and beverage, mm -hmm. hospitality, hotels. Um, uh, ideally also, I want to bring the music aspect into it and start, you know, filming bands and stuff like that. But, um, that's going to be a little ways away because we're not quite at the live music uh, aspect yet, but hashtag um, save our stages. I know, I know. Um, hopefully soon, but um, I think it's been rewarding to at least start working towards that goal, but not just on, you know, having people on my team, but then also going to restaurants and saying, Hey, I'm going to provide you something that literally no one else is doing. I mean, mm -hmm. of all the restaurant owners I've spoken with of all the other types of even content creators or um, people in the production industry, they're like, yeah, no one is doing this. No one is creating cinema quality videos for social media, for like the restaurant and hospitality industry. Um, you know, if you watch a commercial on TV and you see like a, it's a bad example, but like a Chili's commercial, you know, right. like, yeah, like those are like done really well. Like they're great cinema, but that's a television commercial on a national spot. I'm talking about to have that, I mean, not that I'm having chilies be my main example, but, um, you know, have that type of high level cinema quality style for social media. Normally on social media, you know, you've got somebody with their, you have their iPhone, a restaurant has yeah. a social media person yeah. and they're, uh, they're right. Doing some just iPhone videos. Um, so to kind of bring that different level to really help the restaurant industry, like help them stand out from their competition but also for, you know, really good pricing where I'm not gouging them. I'm trying to keep it to where, what they would expect for social media and give them this great product for a reasonable price, which is something that they can afford right now because of what's going on. So that's been rewarding to be able to like have restaurants actually say to me like, wow, like, thank you for doing this because, you know, there's no way we would have ever been able to afford this type of Right. production quality for that. That's why we've never done it because we can't afford it. And now they're well, like, it didn't no, exist either. So thank you. Right. Yeah. You, you yeah. Know, so it's interesting. It was funny. Cause like you, well, one, you perfectly answered the question, but underneath your answer is like this thread that I'm starting to draw, even from like the early stuff, which is like, it was around people. Like you had the network, you got into Joe's, it was a person. And now you're about helping these people. And you, I, you know, again, I think anyone that knows you would say, again, you're, you're very genuine, right? There's, we, we might, you, you might live out there now and you don't live here. Right. Or maybe your hair is different or whatever, but it's like, <laughs> 
you're you're still the same person. And again, to me, that always goes back to like how how we were raised, right? How that family brought us up. And I think that what I'm hearing you say is like there's especially during 2020 and the pandemic, your ability to help people, right? People would say, Oh, it's a media company, right? She's doing production work, but it's like there's there's more to it that there's more of a soul to it than that. And when I think about the three things that you talk about, eating traveling and rocking, those are like deep personal experiences that, that, you know, rarely do you go to live music or listen to an album passively, right? You don't go to a great restaurant and eat passively. These are deep, immersive, like personal experiences. And so uh, one question I was thinking about it before we talked was that I know you like love to cook, Right. Like, I know I see your videos and, and I've known forever, like, you know, uh, your, your grandmother, you know, rest in peace that like these are like things to you. These are experiences that when you cook, you're not just making food to eat. Like there's a whole thing that goes on there. Is it the same way with everything else you're doing? Meaning like Eat Travel Rock Productions, whether it's the video work, whether it's your social, whether it's, you know, TV spots. Are you aware of all these experiences that you're creating? Yeah, I think so. And it's once again, like you're, I, I was expecting great questions from you, Mark, because <laughs> I knew that you would, you know, you have a very different take on things as well. So um, never had them asked exactly this way. So thank you for that. But and you've done like yeah. a lot of interviews. I was thinking about I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm in like my basement studio. You're on like the, you're on like, you know, entertainment TV and you're on like, you're on like real TV and you're with like Mark and oh, I'm like, she's taught to all these other people. No, uh, no, really. No, seriously. But you know, a lot of things are once again at it, like a very superficial level, but because you know me and we know each other for uh, 25 <laughs> plus years. Don't do the math. Don't I do know, the math. I know. <laughs> uh, you know, we're able to have that conversation, but yeah, I mean, it's like for me, cooking is something that's so integral and very important. And, you know, my, my Nana who kind of taught me and like inspired me to cook a lot, you know, she just passed away this April and it's like, I, every time I cook now, I always am like thinking more about her and how to really make this more of like, um, you know, kind of like a tribute, if you will, like every time I cook something, I'm like, Ooh, like I bet Nana would be proud of me if she saw me doing this, like that type of thing. And I mean, even with the travel, um, since I was younger, you know, we, cause we didn't grow up traveling. Like my parents are not travelers. You know, my dad's like a Sicilian immigrant. He's like, I don't ski. Like, he's like, I don't do that stuff. You know, he's like, I work like, and I sleep. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I re you know, I work and I sleep and I read and like, that's it. Like no hobbies. Right. And you know, my mom did more, but like, they've never even like, I mean, since my dad moved here from Sicily when he was like eight years old, like he's never left the country. Um, so me, I think it was almost like, I'm like, I am not going to be like that. Like I am going to travel and kind of, you know, it wasn't to, it wasn't like a spite thing, but it was more right. like, I, I insist on doing this. But what we did do is every year we would like go to Las Vegas, like twice a year. And forgot about that. I forgot. Yeah, you guys that was did like, that. Yeah. Yeah. We were very, we were like the Vegas family and I became like obsessed with being like the Vegas tour guide. Like every time we would go, I would like plan an itinerary and I would try to pick all the best show. Even this is before I was 21, you know, like before <laughs> I could really partake, um, 
you know, I would plan all the shows and I would plan all the restaurants and I would have this whole itinerary for like me and my sisters. And I was the boss and I was like, I'm the leader of this tour group. And like, I'm going to plan all these things. We're going to do all the, like all these activities. And it was so fun. And I think I've kind of carried that with me in terms of always wanting to learn as much about a destination as possible and then share it with others and then be the one to, you know, give the best recommendations and give the best like tips and tricks and how to's. And, um, that's what I've enjoyed so much about, um, the travel aspect of this is being able to really like soak it up on my own and then kind Mm -hmm. of, uh, expel it and give it to others. So one, that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say being genuine. It's like that hasn't changed. You've always had that in you. And like one example that I'm remembering now, it's so funny. Like the more we talk, like I get these little like triggers in my head. I know, right? Remember, and you, so you, I know you love to snowboard. You've always Mm -hmm. like, you love to snowboard. And then one day I look online and you're like in Switzerland, right? You're like, you're like snowboarding the Alps and you're like, oh, it's, but it's for like eat travel rock. And I'm like, like, how does this, what, like, this is like someone like, Hey, Mark, uh, we want to pay you to come eat donuts and drink coffee with us. Um, and we're going to produce it really high quality and put it out for the world to see. I'm like, what? Like, this is like your, these are your, pa- like, we always talk about, you know, like in the work I do, it's like passion, um, proficiency, proficiency, and, you know, profession, right? So where do these things intersect? And it seems like you've really made a life out of all of those things, right? Of like, these are your passions, you're certainly proficient, and now it's like your profession. Well, it's, it is funny, because I never really thought that that was a thing that you could get paid to do. And of course, people like can get, you know, you have a job that you love, I'm not talking about that, but like paid to do things that normally you would never think is a thing. Um, but now that the whole influencer world is exists now, that is a thing. But I remember actually, it's funny because it was years, you know, probably 10 years ago, like Abby and Leslie and I were having a conversation about like, we were all saying like, wouldn't it be cool? Like we want to be professional. I think it was like a, it wasn't a food blogger because that wasn't a term yet, but like a, you know, like a, a food critic or like a restaurant critic or something like that. Like, wouldn't that be cool to, and I was like, yeah, that would. And then I was just like, I'm just going to go do that. And then like, <laughs> and then, like I did it, you know, and then I, I was actually, there was a time where I was, you know, with the food blog, I was actually doing more like restaurant reviews mm-hmm. and things like that. And then, and then I remember they said to me one time, like, no fair, like you got, like, you did it. <laughs> said we wanted to do that and you wouldn't did it, you know? Um, but yeah, like the, all of a sudden snowboarding in Switzerland or then or working with Burton snowboards, that was kind of a, that was always like a dream of mine. And then when I got to work with them, it was crazy. Same thing with like Rolling Stone. Like, you know, I would grow up reading, you know, I had, I remember like a 1994 Rolling Stone cover with like Perry Farrell on it, like on my, you know, uh, wall in my bedroom. And then, and I mean, a bunch of other Rolling Stone covers, not just that one. That's, that was a memorable one though. And then being able to like work with Rolling Stone, that was like, I remember I got, when I got my paycheck from them, I like showed Bob, I'm like, look, like it says Rolling Stone. Like, this is like a dream come true. And I think I need to like frame that because that was a really, that was one of the moments where I was like, okay, like, I can't believe I made that happen by hustling and by like, just, you know, building relationships with people and then pitching things and never being afraid that somebody is going to say no. And just asking for 
you know, a certain project or asking for a pitch. And then, you know, it's like when you put it out there, if it doesn't come back to you, it's, it's shocking. Like you need to put it out there for it to come back. But usually if you put it out there enough, like you're going to, you're going to get what you're asking for. So you're not going to get something you're not asking for. A hundred percent. No one's just going to drop it in your lap if you don't ask. Right. right? So yeah, I, I always tell people, you know, um, when I help like kind of like coach people with their startups, I'm like, listen, like you have to not be afraid to ask. And, but I'd ask in a specific way. And nowadays I tell people I'd rather be the one red dot notification on someone's Instagram DMS than be like the 800th email in their inbox. Right. So I'm like, if you want right. to talk to somebody, find them where nobody else is finding them, like find, you know, like the, the 65 year old CEO that happens to have an Instagram and you just be the one red dot while he's waiting, you know, for his groceries to get delivered. Like, what is this? And it's like, Oh, someone's reaching out. It's like, don't be afraid. Right. Um, sometimes right. people talk about getting really good at making reversible, non-fatal decisions that those, if, if a decision is reversible and it's not fatal, that should be a five minute decision. Right? right. And if it is a fatal and non-reversible decision, spend an hour on it and then like move on. Um, you said something that I, I really wanted to go back to, which was like this, this moment where you got a paycheck from Rolling Stone and you had grown up having these Rolling Stone covers on your wall. Like that, that's a huge moment. And I want to link it to something we said earlier. And you had, you kind of uh, alluded to, to Bob, right. Being like just, you know, a legend, uh, just a super accomplished, like the cream of the crop, but he still feels like he, He's like on this journey, right? Like we don't take right. time to recognize the the moments along the way. So are you the kind of person that like when you got that Rolling Stone paycheck or when you, you booked the gig with Burton or you got to go to this place, are you like, wow, this is great. I've been working hard for it. What's next? Like, do you take a moment to soak it in? Like what kind of person are you when it comes to like those accomplishments? It's more of getting like really kind of excited and giddy in the moment, like my thing is I go like this. I'm like, you know, like you get excited and giddy for like a second. And then it's definitely, I mean, there's maybe like a moment or two to let it soak in and be like, wow, like that's, that's crazy. Things have come full circle or wow. If you would have told, you know, 15 year old Kelly, who's sitting in her room, listening to like Pearl Jam albums and, you know, uh, you know, just looking through a Rolling Stone being like what I would even give just to meet any one of these people or, let alone, you know, be working with the magazine, then like, I, I, it wouldn't even have computed back then to be like, oh, you're going to have this. I mean, not that, you know, like Bob's in, in Rolling Stone. Like I was never in the magazine, um, you know, maybe yeah, you want, you know, who, who knows? Right. It was just on the website. Um, but uh, it's, it, it is kind of, interesting to let yourself reflect on that and be like, wow, things have kind of come full circle. But then, you know, I, I'm also not in love with that saying because full circle then means it kind of just like stops and then goes back around. It's like, how do you then maybe jump to another circle mm -hmm. and then start that other circle? So um, I, I guess, you know, and I'm sure you're the same way too. Like when you're a self-starter and you're like on a mission, you're never just like, content with where things are you know you always kind of want to take it to the next level so do you rest like do you are you okay with downtime or do you have downtime or do you like i you... well I, and I, I don't know if you remember because you weren't in my grade but i won um in high school on my senior award i won biggest slacker <laughs> so you know i always have like 
which is weird. It was very ironic and kind of like an oxymoron because I actually worked really hard to get biggest slacker because I really (laughs) wanted to like get an award. And so like I campaigned for it. Like I went out and I had to ask, like I was telling everyone to vote for me and I had to like get uh, like a teacher to sign off. I mean, there was something like I had to like really work hard to get biggest slacker. And I was also like at the same time in the national honor society. So it's like they like people knew that I was, you know, would pretty much miss school all day and like go and like smoke a pack of cigarettes and a lot of pot like during school and then like go back to school. So like, but somehow I was still getting good grades. So that's kind of like how it is now. Like I somehow managed to like still be kind of lazy a lot, (laughs) you know, like I'll like sit around on the couch all day and like watch, you know, my like plane crash shows and things like that. And then all of a sudden I'll like get some crazy idea and then send like 10 emails about it. And then send out like 10 pitches at once and then I'll get some responses back and then I'm like oh good I just booked a gig okay I'll just go back to like being lazy again and then like I'll be you know so there is there is like it is not typical and I don't recommend it for most people um because and I know it's not probably the message that let's say you know let's hope your kids don't listen to this because <laughs> like, oh, no, man. The message you want to tell like children. Oh you know, my gosh. Like, hey, just, hey, just be lazy and be a slacker. <laughs> and then like, you can still like do some cool shit. Like that's not, that's not like what I'm trying to get across here, but it's for being honest and authentic, you know, yeah. that I, I have, mine is more like I'll work really, really, really hard. Like I'll have like a production shoot or I'll have a project that I'm doing. And then once I've finished that, or let's say I get a new gig in and like, you know, something is incoming that's exciting, then I'm like, all right, now I can, now I can rest a little bit. So then I'll like kick <sighs> back, relax for like another day. And then like the next day I'm like, okay, now tomorrow again, I'm going to go hard again. And then, you know, bang out a ton of emails, make a ton of phone calls, make something else happen. And then I'm like, okay, now I can take another day off. You know, so it's like, it's not, it's not typical, but I'm being honest. I still have that slacker, lazy streak in me. You are the hardest working slacker in show business. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) That's true. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't get up at 6am. You know, I'm more of like an 839 o'clock kind of person you know, I stay up late, but it, it's not typical of what, um, and then it makes me think like, geez, what could I have accomplished? Had I woken up at 6am, you know, like imagine where I could be if I really was, you know, like putting in the true eight hours a day type of thing. But I'm like, yeah, it's not for yeah. everybody, man. Yeah. And so, it, it's you know, not. I think one thing that, that I found the more and more people I talk to is that one of the greatest traits people have are self-awareness. I mean, that's one thing I think that separates kind of the, the high performers from everybody else is a level of self-awareness that's like, hey, I'm not perfect, but I am aware of how, where my imperfections yeah. lie or where my, my genuine nature to get stuff done lies. And you can capitalize on that, right? So again, right. like if, if you're an early riser, you're just an early riser. Like that's just the way the morning goes. I just... um 
I think like two episodes ago, I mean, the guy, he's the founder and CEO of this big beverage company, Life Aid, Life Aid Beverage Company. They make like Fit Aid and Golf Aid, these like, um, it's like natural energy drinks. They're big in like CrossFit gyms and Whole Foods and stuff. But that dude, he's like a 5 a.m. or wakes up at 5 a.m., takes a cold ice bath, works out, meditates, gratitude journal. And then by like 7 a.m., he's done everything for like the day. It's like, but he's aware that he needs that because if he doesn't, like his mind explodes, you know? So again, it's like, it sounds right. like your your creativity and then associated workload, they come in spurts. They're lightning flashes where this thing pops in. You're like, ooh, that's the idea. Fire off the emails, fire off the pitches. Then that brings in like a new flood of, of work and of opportunity. Right, and it's also, you're right, the self-awareness is really important. And I think that does come with age and maturity. Now, like being over 40, like I know, I know myself. Like I know I'm not the person that's gonna sign up for a gym membership, because I know I'm not going to go. Like, I just know I'm not going to go. Like, it's like, you can do all of the shit you want of like, well, Kelly, like, you know, it's this new thing. And it's this new, like, cool, trendy workout. Doesn't matter. I'm not going. Like, I've done it before. I paid like a year up front because I'm like, I don't oh, get yeah. to go. And I don't go. And same thing with like meditation. Like people are like, oh, you should meditate. You should like, take the five. I'm like, no, I, I, it's, it's not going to happen. Like, I don't have it in me to clear my brain and just, you know, there, there is no turning off my brain. That's why even in yoga, like I'll go to yoga and I love it. But when everyone's like, they're like in it, I'm, I'm still like looking around and I'm oh my like, God. you know, like, okay. Like I, I can't the just same totally shut off and totally relax and like be a, like, I just don't, like even in, I, at so, the very end when you're laying there and like in Savasana and yeah, just, I'm like thinking about all the things I have to do. Like, I'm just not that person. And it's okay. So it's interesting. I, I've, I've actually, so, you know, my mind is, is, you know, it's always going, it's really, it's been a, the biggest blessing and curse a thousand percent and one like meditation actually it helps me but it helps me in a different way and that it allows me to dump everything out in some ways and just be aware and then i can like go on but like you'd mentioned this thing about yoga where like people go to yoga and it's like calming and like i love i love like a hot yoga class for me is like i love some hot yoga dude and i don't look it and even when i'm in there i don't look at people like it looks like fred flintstone doing yoga when i'm in there like it's not pretty right but one thing i found is like everybody you know they're doing their thing and i look over i'm like oh man is son of a bitch gonna do a headstand i'm gonna do a head like i'm competitive in yoga which is like the opposite of what to do right. it's yeah it, it's it's um again what i hear you saying is being aware again of yourself and how you operate helps you to operate best and, and achieve what you're doing. Uh, I did have a question because you did say something yeah. you brought up like, oh, I'm now that I'm over 40, like I'm not going to change. I'm curious because um, you had mentioned that you moved, when did you move out to LA? What year was that? I moved to LA three and a half years ago. So it'll be four years okay. in March. Okay. So I'm always interested in how major, what I would consider major life changes. These are things like marriage, job change, death, loss, you know, birth, death, uh, you know, moving and things like that. We, we tend to like have um, learnings that associate with those things. So, you know, you are a, in my mind, like 
you're as Chicago as they come. You are a connected. Yeah. You got a guy for this. Like we were, we were joking that yeah, <laughs> when you, yeah, you, when you moved to uh, when you moved to LA, you posted a picture. You're like, there's only one type of jardinier here. Like when I go home, there's like a million types of jardinier to buy. So um, there's probably some change. I know you've traveled a ton, but what have you learned or what new things have come about in your life since moving uh, to the West Coast? Well, it's interesting because I still don't feel like I'm a, I'm a Angelino, you know, I still <laughs> feel like I'm a, I'm a Chicago girl. Like I'm a Chicago person. When somebody's like, where are you from? Um, it's Chicago. It's, I never say I'm a, it's like Chicago, but I live in Los Angeles. Um, and I don't think I would have been okay to move out here if I didn't know that I would, was still going back home like every month. And for the last three years, except for the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, for the last three years, I really was going back, I'd say maybe 10 times a year, a good 10 times a year, um, which wow. is a lot. Yeah. You know, I was still, see I mean, I was seeing my dad, like when I was living in the city in Chicago, there were times like he wouldn't, you know, come down and hang out with me at my apartment. If I wasn't going up to Lake Forest, like I sometimes wouldn't see my dad for a month. Mm -hmm. My mom was always downtown, but, uh, so now like literally I was like seeing my dad, like as much as living in Chicago as I did when I was living in LA, like he would be like, did you move? Like, why are you here so much? But, um, I think I wouldn't have been okay moving out here had I not known that I was still going to be able to go home all the time. Um, but nothing's really changed. Cause like a lot of my work is still in Chicago, you know, my like crew is still in Chicago. And when I say that, I mean like production crew, not like my crew, like my crew is still in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. My actual, like my uh, professional work crew. Um, and it's been nice because now I, I almost feel like I live in two places, you know, like I can live there and work there and I can live here and work here. Mm -hmm. Um, and now it's, I have a place where friends can visit when it's cold there. So it's kind of, it's worked out great in that aspect. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'll ever, I could live here 20 more years. I don't think I'll ever feel like I'm an LA person, except for the weather aspect that I'm like, Oh my gosh. I am an LA person <laughs> in terms of Seriously. weather. It's like cold and wet right now. Like I was taking the trash out this morning. I'm like, uh, it's like cold and wet. And I, but I like love seasons. Like I'm just that moron. I love that Chicago stuff. I love that. that what was it? Um, do you know, uh, you know, Daniel Tosh? Yeah. He had a joke. He's like, yeah, I love seasons too. That's why I live in a, I live in a place that skips the shitty ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what I decided over here, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a totally different life out here. Totally different people. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a different world, but I remember after it was, I was like 38 and, or no, maybe 36, 37. And I was with my friend Tiffany and we were walking down the street in like the, a blizzard in Chicago. And we, I looked at her and I'm like, this is the last time I'm doing this. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't. And then a few months later, I met Bob and then he was like, well, I'm never moving to Chicago. So you're going to need to move here. And then I was like, done and done. Done. Oh, done that's funny, done. man. Right. That's very cool, man. Um, so Kelly, um, we're going to start to wrap up here. I want to be conscious of your time as well. Um, well I'm good. Number one, number one, like just 
I think, you know, you said it, you're like, I'm a Chicagoan, but I'm in LA. And when you say that, like, I know what that means, but I like, when I look at you and when I watch again, your career just continue to, to grow and all the people that whose lives are able to help with e-travel rock productions and, and grow, I kind of like have this thing where I'm like, it's like one of us. She's like, she's like one of us made it, you know, like, she, you know, like she, you did, you really, like, I really do think that I was, I literally she was got talking to somebody. She got she out. Got, she, she doesn't have, she only uses snow boots when hood. she's going to the mountains, you know, she, right. she can wear snow boots by choice, you know? Um, right. But again, going back to how we started uh, the conversation, which was around this really genuine nature that you have in you, that no matter where you go, what the next thing for Eat Travel Rock is going to be, the next thing, you know, where, wherever you end up, I know that it always comes a from a really good place. I never, you know, I think uh, for anybody that knows Kelly Rizzo has ever worked with Kelly Rizzo, sees Kelly Rizzo, they follow Kelly Rizzo online, like all that stuff, like really, I, again, I can attest, it comes from like your heart. Like you're a good, you're a good person. You're a good person, Kelly Rizzo. Thank you, Mark. That, I mean, coming from you, who has always been such a kind, genuine friend, it's, that means a lot coming from you. So thank you. But that. That 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 means everything. It does because you know you can get a little lost sometimes, and and the road to authenticity is not always, you know, it's not always uh, paved with authentic intentions. I'll say because you know you can do something one minute and and you and if you're always trying to be genuine, always trying to be authentic, you know, but sometimes you fall short. Like you'll copy something of somebody else's and then I, I guess the mark of what you said is being a good person and actually staying true to it is that you feel really shitty about that like yeah. if you do something that you know was not really you or like you did it because maybe it was like the trendy thing to do or like the cool thing to do or like it made your Instagram feed look good uh you know to kind of copy somebody else or take an idea not that there's ever really like a hundred percent original thought anymore, mm -hmm. but, um, but to kind of copy something else, like anytime I've ever done that and I have done it, like I've always felt really shitty about it. And I'm like, that's not me. And that's not who I should be. And that's not like my, you know, I hate this, like my brand, but it, it's true. And so I guess having that feeling of that it doesn't feel good, I guess, is the good thing. Because otherwise, if you did, let's say, copy somebody else, and then you're fine with it, then, yeah. you know, it's called the conscience is what separates us from from yeah. chimpanzees, right? It's like, yeah, if you have, well, it, you, we have that gut feeling for a reason, if we don't listen to it, like, it's, it's so weird. Somebody once said, it's like, you trust your gut, because it's there. Like, if you didn't, like, everybody's right. done something bad, and they know that they <laughs> feel bad you know that feeling you get like down yeah. below you like, oh this doesn't feel good like right. you have to own that you got to respect that and uh yeah i think you're right the i like how you said the road to authenticity is, is is kind of paved with some potholes you know yeah so i think as long as you then come back to your true self like if you kind of veer off the path you know it didn't feel good it didn't like it or you didn't like it you can come back and then be like all right how would how would i do this like what's what's me like what's the me part of this that um you know not in a, not in a selfish way but just to right. remain true to yourself um then i think if you can always come back to it then that's how you can remain authentic and genuine but then having people like you then 
say that, oh, I've actually noticed this over the years, just as I have with you, of course, Mark, like it's, that means a lot. So thank you. This was, this was so wonderful and really made me feel very blessed to have, especially this week, you know, friends like you that have been so constant throughout the years, but also can kind of lift you up even if now, let's say there's a part of my day that's kind of crappy. I'm like, you know what? No, Mark made me feel good today because <laughs> he said that I've, you know, been true to myself all these years. So I really appreciate yeah, it. Of course. Got to ride the wave of goodness when it comes, man. Um, so I end each episode. I ask the guests to fill in the blank to this sentence. So you're up here. Fill in the oh. blank. Kelly Rizzo thinks differently about. Authenticity. And it's true. And that's Bam. what we were going I mean, it's funny because that was always what I was going to end with, but the fact that we ended up talking so much about that, I guess, just fit. So it's true. How do you, how do you stay authentic? Even if you can, even if you go off course every once in a while. Yeah. You know, I, I often tell people, ask yourself, what would the 18 year old version of yourself think? You know, when you're faced with these hard decisions, you know, because in some ways that that young version of yourself, which hasn't in some ways been, you know, I don't want to say corrupted, but, you know, kind of biased or these things like there's a genuine nature to who we are as we're developing that 18 year old version is like they've got ideals that they think is right. So I was like, what would 18 year old Mark say? You know, the guy with the dreadlocks, what would he say? Well, I mean. I feel like 18 year old Mark was probably making slightly better decisions than 18 year old Kelly, but, um, <laughs> so I don't know if I would totally trust, I might trust like 14 year old Kelly and then like 30 year old Kelly, maybe. Oh, well, actually, I don't know. There's some gray, there's I, maybe some gray years within there. <laughs> isn't this why you like being over 40? Because you're like, I know that I'm making the right decisions now. You know, like, you I, you really know, trust, it's, I, you can trust your gut better. Yeah. You know, I tell people it's like life is just about making decisions and then second guessing them. I say that a lot about parenting. That's what parenting is. It's like, no, that's the, you know, you can't do that. And they're like, was that the right decision? And you're just like asking forever. That's all it is. Um, yeah. Real that's quick. Why I'm not a parent. I would not be able to <laughs> um, second guessing everything. I want to ask you this before we jump, uh, you know, a bunch of different people listen to the podcast, uh, all kind of walks of life. Um, is there anything you need help with right now that some of the listeners might be able to reach out? Is there anything uh, you need help with people that you're looking to connect with, whether it's helping these restaurants oh. and food and beverage industry, uh, you know, kind of with E-Travel Rock Productions, anything you need help with right now? Um, well, yeah. And in, in terms of if there is anyone that is in the restaurant, food and beverage industry, or has a brand that is looking for some really unique cinema quality video production. Obviously we can offer that, but also um, we're always, because our team's growing and we're expanding too, if there is anyone that let's say is a freelancer in like the video production or um, in that world, um, I'd love to hear from you too. Excellent. Chicago or LA. Excellent. Well, I will list all that in the show notes so people can go ahead and click on that and find you. Uh, Kelly, it is oh, it is, is very nice to talk to you today. Mark. You are an angel. Thank you so, so, so much. And what an honor to be one of your first 50, one of your first 50 podcasts. And on to the next 50, 50 million more. So exactly. uh, from, from hometown Chicago to LA, thank you so much for making the time today, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. 
there she is, Miss Kelly Rizzo. If you don't know her, you definitely know her now. And if you've known her like me since high school, it's so great to hear her story from her perspective. I love these stories of people bringing their ideas to life and building a life around their passions. It's really the idea that got me started with the Think Differently podcast is just finding people that are willing to challenge the status quo and do things differently. And Kelly, no doubt, uh, through all the stories she told today, she has built a life around thinking differently and bringing her dreams to life. So thank you to Kelly and cheers to your continued success. You can give her a follow on social media. It's always Eat, Travel, Rock, or you can visit her website at eattravelrockproductions.com. Also want to give a very special thank you to the official sponsor of the Think Differently podcast, Little Foot Coffee. Uh, I love great coffee and I love helping small businesses grow and that's what we're doing. So please help me help Rosie and Alex. They're the co-founders of Little Foot Coffee. Let's help them grow. They hand roast and hand package each bag of coffee uh, and it's great coffee. I literally drink it every morning. So head on over to littlefootcoffee.com. You can use promo code MARK, M-A-R-C, and you'll save some money on your order, but you'll also help this small business grow. So again, Head on over to littlefootcoffee.com, use promo code MARK, save some money, help this small business bring their dreams to life and believe in the power of small business. As always, from Chicago, Illinois, this is Mark Hans inspiring and challenging you to think differently.